Thank you, Lord, for how you use Sister Tiffany to let us know who you are. We thank you and praise you for being the Messiah, for being our keeper. Be with us today, Lord, <clears throat> as we minister to the people. Let your word be edifying to their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're, we're getting ready to start a series <clears throat> called the seven I am's of Jesus. The seven I am's. Today is I am he, the Messiah. I am he, the Messiah. You have to picture uh, in the East, if a woman had any kind of sexual relations outside of her marriage, it was a problem. No man really wanted to have anything to do with her. And she would get ridiculed. I want you to picture a story of a young girl who was so beautiful and so gorgeous and so attractive that every way she turned, somebody was after her. But in her brokenness, somewhere she didn't really value who she was. So she tried to find her identity in men. She was hoping, probably she was fatherless, hoping that the man she married would uh, fulfill this desire and make her feel like she's important. And it seemed like things were going okay. And then the bottom fell out. Struggling, people talking about you. She met someone probably told her, you're going to be all right, and I love you so much, and I'll be there for you. And she got married, and it didn't turn out so well. They didn't want her. Then it happened again, and again, and again. Now this young lady is, now she's no longer a young lady anymore. She's an older woman. Women back then, they would go to the well, and would carry the water on their head. Most of the women would get up early in the morning and go to the well and get water. But this young lady, who's now an older lady, puts her shawl on, covers her head. You can only see her eyes. And something about her eyes you could tell that she's rejected and she's broken. 
She heads out to get water, but it's noonday now. Most of the girls would go out early in the morning, but she went out late at noon when everyone else was napping and sleeping and because she didn't want to hear the ridicules that this girl is a slut. You got to watch your man around her. But she'll sleep with whoever. She already got five husbands, and the man she's sleeping with now is not a husband. You know, and they just ridicule her. And, and the gossip corner got worse and worse. So in her rejection, she would go at noonday so she wouldn't find all this rejection. And it's hot. The roads are dusty. She goes and she gets to the well. And when she gets to the well, she sees a Jew. She don't see the Messiah. She sees a Jew. And then she goes, here I am. I've dodged all this rejection. And now, here I am about to be rejected again. Because the Jews hated the Samaritan. Hated them. Right? Despised them. They called them rejects and, and half-breeds and and she knew that she was going to be rejected just like everybody else had done. I want you to think about something. As we prepare this message, I am he, the Messiah. I want you to think about you. When there was a time when you felt like the bottom was falling out, you had nowhere to go, and you thought no one cared, I just want you to know, man, you were important in God's eyes. God was watching you the entire time. He had his eyes on you the entire time. You made mistakes. You did some things. You broke some laws. You did some drugs. You did some things. You had some sex. You did some stuff that wasn't right. But God thought you was important enough to send his son to die for you. Letting you know that you're not a reject. You're important. Not only that, he empowered you to be him with skin on it. Because there's some other people out there that's rejected, that's broken, that's hurt. So just imagine this girl leaving home on her way to the well, broken, ran down. Nobody wants to deal with her because she had five husbands, and the man she's living with now is not her husband. And, and she left there, a broken woman. Nobody really wanted to talk to her, have any kind of conversation. And she comes to the well. And when she gets to the well, and we're going to hear the story, it was life-changing. All of us, at one point in our life, had a well experience. We had a well experience. We was going through something, man, but God had you on his mind. He wants you to know, I am he, the Messiah. Whatever you're going through, he wants you to turn it over to him. He says, trust me, let me into your life. Let me help you because I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that anyone can ever do. I know you have some secrets no one knows anything about. He said, but I got you. I've been watching you. I know you don't think he was watching you, but I want you to follow me in the fourth chapter of St. John. Listen to Jesus as he opened up in verse 4. He says, now he had to go through Samaria. Listen, he said, now he had to go through Samaria. Now, if, if it doesn't make sense to you, you have to understand the hatred. It was so bad 
that before they go through Samaria, before Jew would go through Samaria, they would cross the Jordan River and go to the other side and go all the way around the city. Really? Before they would go through Samaria. They hated them that much. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. So you got to understand the hatred of it. But Jesus, who was a Jew, said, I have to go through. God has got me on an assignment. And my assignment is you. And you don't even know you're the assignment. Because you've been rejected. You've been hurt. You've been talked about. They say you this. You got mental illness. You got anxiety issues. You, you're taking every kind of medication and, and these things going on. Everybody say you're crazy or you can't do this here. And they saying all kind of stuff. But Jesus got his eyes on you. God know you're important. Right? So he said, I got, I got to go because this woman was more important than anybody else in the world. And she ended up being one of the most phenomenal evangelists, man, the Bible ever spoke about. Because she was a rejected Denise. She's so rejected, right? So talked about. You know how it is. You know how you do. You talk about people behind their back. You you smile in their face, but you're stabbing them in the name of somebody. Right? So so now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to this town. So now he makes a decision. He makes a decision to go through this town called Samaria, a city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. So it was hot, and Jesus sat down. He said, I'm tired, but he didn't sit down his own. God placed him there because he had him on assignment because somebody was coming who needed an encounter with God. I want you to know something. Somebody's waiting because they need an encounter from God, and they're waiting on you. Hear me. Not your friends that saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. That one that you think is no good, that everybody's talking about is ran down. And maybe you're the one. So verse 7 says, when the Samaritan woman, now keep in mind she was a Samaritan woman, right, came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, the Jews don't deal with Samaritan, but he asked her a question. He noticed her. Right out the bat, he noticed who she is. Sometimes, man, people want to know, man, do you recognize me? Because everybody treat me like I'm a nobody. Do, do, can you identify? Do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. You're nothing. No. Please recognize me that I'm one of God's children. I just, I'm just having some bad luck right now. Th- things are not going. My husband just left me. My wife just left. My kids won't talk to me. You know, I just lost my job. I'm, I'm down on my I don't know. I'm stressed out. I know I'm on these drugs and, and you think I'm addicted, but I wasn't like that until the doctor gave me some medicine and he gave me the wrong kind and I got addicted and I couldn't stop. Then one thing led to another. That's how I got here. I want you to know my story. That's how I got here. So don't reject me. I don't need to be rejected again. Now, in verse number uh, 8, now remember in 7, he notices her and he says to her, will you give me a drink? Now, I don't think you're a half-breed and a nobody. I know who you are. Then he says, 
His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Why is that important? Because sometimes the people, your saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled friends, right, they'll tell you, man, don't have nothing to do with them. So sometimes God got to remove them out the picture so he can do what he got to do. And he want to use you, but he got to get them out the way because they, they think they mean well when in reality, man, they're doing Satan's work. Because they really encourage you, man, to not to do anything to help somebody. So sometimes God got to get you all alone. You know how sometimes, man, when there's nobody and it's just you, man, you can pray for real. You know, you have a, it's a genuine conversation. But with somebody else around, you kind of like, uh, well, you know, yeah, I know they died. Yeah. No, God wants a personal relationship. And he gave you the Holy Spirit so you can have it. And he had it for you. Now, I want you to keep, I'm going to keep bringing it back that he had it for you. Because you know where you were when God touched your life, how broken you were, right? So he goes on to say, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not even associate with Samaritan. Listen, not only that, why are you talking to me? I'm a woman and a Samaritan. I'm a double, double negative. But watch this here. Even though society may make her a double negative, she's a double positive for God. I want you to know, God thought she was important enough. To, this is God thought she's important enough to make a trip into a place where, where, where they're not supposed to be. That's how important she was to God. You know, you think the only people that's important is the people that go to church every Sunday and praise the Lord. God is good. That's my sister in the Lord. That's my sister. No, I got some who don't even know. Right? He also break down barriers because, you know, you, well, he's Catholic. I can't deal with him. He's a Presbyterian. No, he's a Kojic. No, he's Covenant. He's going to break all those barriers down because it's about God. And once you get that denomination stuff out of your system and really start doing the work of the Lord, then you get to see people's lives transformed. So Jesus had to tear that wall down, right? So then he says this. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it was and who it is that has asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You don't even know who presence you're in. God may come in a way that you never expect. That's why I said beware how you entertain angels. I mean, strangers, you could be entertaining an angel unaware. You don't know how God is coming to you. Right? And, and, and you can be that angel unaware sometimes. Right? So he talks to her and he said, if you only knew who I am, because I am he who's going to change your life forever. Not just your life, but all the people who talked about you. All the people who said you're nothing, you're going to be the one I'm going to send back in, and you're going to evangelize them and bring them to the Lord. That's why you can't reject them. Now watch what he says. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Now he's talking spiritual, and she's talking physical. Because we're really spiritual beings inside of dirt bodies. right? We got to understand who we are. All right? Then he says in verse 12, are you greater? I mean, she says, are you greater than our father Jacob, 
who gave us the well and drank from, his, uh, uh, drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock. Now he's got to get a little theological. Do, do, who are you? Do you think you're greater than our father Jacob? You don't know who Jacob, before Jacob was, I am. Because of Jacob is me. If it wasn't me, it wouldn't be no Jacob. I, I want you to know who I am because God is sitting on the throne having a conversation with you. But he's using a human being to do it. All right, amen? Now, he goes on to say in verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will what? Be thirsty again. That's physical, right? Then he said, but whoever, everybody say whoever. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is a game changer. He's a life changer. Listen, I want to tell you who he is. He's a man, man, that can take your bills and wipe them away. He's a man that can take your cancer and wipe it away. He's a man that can take your kids off drugs, man, and make them heal. I'm telling you what he can do. He can take a person when you're down, the next thing you know, you're up and you don't know how you got there. Do that. But he said, but I can't do it except you let me into your life. He's because I am the one that you've been waiting for. I'm the one you've been praying for. I am the one. You just need to receive me. Right? So, and, and it's important. So, now, now watch this here. And verse 16. He told her, and watch he shift the conversation. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Because I know you've been sleeping with multiple men. I know you have multiple husbands. I know you've been rejected. I, I, I know you thought you was doing the right thing. He said, I know, I know they've been calling you a slut. I know they said you can't keep a man. I know all of that. But I want you to go get him. Go get your husband, right? Uh, I have no husband. What do you mean you don't have a husband, right? She replied, Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you don't have, you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five of them. I know everything about all of your shortcomings. He said, I know this, right? Uh, 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 we was in men's ministry, and a, and a young man gave a testimony today. I thought it was such a powerful testimony. And he said he had gotten in some trouble, and in his testimony, he says, God said, it wasn't the trouble that you got in while I'm sitting you down. I'm sitting you down for all the stuff you thought you got away with. When, when you thought you had talked your way out of it. When, when, when you, you thought you had got away with it and you thought nobody knew. You thought, he said, I was there all alone. I was watching that all alone. He said, but since you won't sit down, I need to sit you down and get your attention. And it's not about this situation. It's about how much I've been loving you because I didn't expire you when you was out there messing up. The reason why I didn't do it because I love you. Despite all your husbands. Despite all the people you've been sleeping with. Despite all the things you've been doing, I still love you. He said, I still have grace packaged up just for you. Right? And, and so he said, the fact is you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. Uh, what you have just said is quite 
through, right? Now, now, I want you guys to keep that in mind that God sees everything that is going on and he still loves you. He, he, he witnessed. Uh, I, I invited a girl to church um, and she came and I kept seeing her. I said, just come, right? I, I, I just, I didn't really know her. I just said, just come, would you just be my guest one Sunday? I think it was a divine appointment. I think God did it because she came. Uh, so, so why did God bring her to the well? I don't know why he brought her to the well, but he knows everything. Shanique, he knows everything. So she says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you now are a prophet. Why? Because you told me something that I didn't know anything about. Now, I want you, don't you guys go to sleep on me because I'm going to be done by 12 o'clock. Stay with me. If, if I go after 12, bring it on Pierre. Now, listen, so I'm, just, I'm bringing this thing through. Right? Pierre told me to preach, pastor. I don't, he didn't say that right now. So now, verse 20 He's, then she gets our ancestors worship on this. Now she get theological with Jesus and go to talk about worship and all that. And I want you to read that in your Bible. Right? Because you are running to some issues with people saying, I'm a spiritualist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Jew. I'm this. Listen to what Jesus says. Our ancestors, this girl said, our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we, uh, we have must worship in Jerusalem. The woman says, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. There's coming a time, it ain't going to be nothing about Christ's temple, Holy Trinity, Kingdom Embassy, Forest Park, St. Michael's, right? He said, no, no, it's not going to happen, right? Then he says this, you Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is really from us. I, I just want you to understand that. That's what Jesus says. Yet, everybody underline this. Yet a time is coming and it has now come when the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and in what? Truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father is. I don't care what church you are. I don't care what religion you're part of. It's going to come a time when you got to have a personal relationship with God. And the time is what? Now. Everybody say now. Now we're going to wrap this thing up and bring it home. Here it is. God is spirit. And his spirit worship must be worshiped in spirit and in what? Truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes... He would explain everything to us. Then Jesus dropped a bomb on her. He says, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I want you to pause for a second, man, as I close this thing out. He says, I'm he. I'm the one. I'm the one that you've been pray- you Samaritans been praying about. I'm the one the Jews been talking about. I'm the one on the Jews. Uh, listen, I'm the Jews trying to kill. I'm that one. He said, I'm the one that's going to change your world, right? Now, when you keep reading that chapter, and this is why it's so important to understand, this woman who left home, rejected everybody talking about Margaret, calling her all kind of names, saying she's nothing, God felt like she was important enough, watch this here, to make her one of the greatest evangelists the Bible ever knew. This girl turns around, goes back into the city, 
tells the people that she met a man named Jesus. I think he's the Messiah. Come and see this man. Watch this here. They, remember, they didn't want to talk to her because she's a reject. You got to watch the history of that. Now, all of a sudden, everybody is listening to her. Because God put his spirit inside of her. And when he put his spirit inside of her, it changed her. Now she's trying to dodge everybody because she's getting up at noon, Brandy, and while everybody else is asleep or taking a nap. Now she go back screaming at the top of her lungs, I need, listen, I want all of y'all saved. I want, listen, I know you've been talking about me. I know you think I'm nothing, but I want you to know I want every one of you all saved. I want you guys to meet our Messiah, right? Remember that she's rejected. They've been talking about her. Now she goes back and she gives them the greatest testimony. They come and they hear him and they say, we don't need your testimony anymore because now we know. Once Jesus comes into your life and he's came into your life, he wants you to be the greatest evangelist and he wants you to go back to the same people who everybody thought was nothing because she thought they was nothing. She didn't want to have nothing to do with him. He said, but I want you to go back and I want you to speak to them and tell them about me and tell them, watch this here, what he did for you. It's your life. Once you give your testimony, she went back and said, I know a man, I just met him, told me everything about me. What? He told everything about me. I was multiple men. The one I'm with is not mine. Right? And let's, watch this here. And he accepted me. He noticed me. Right? He loved me. He cared for me. And he's a Jew. Right? Now, Jews and Samaritans, don't, that's why it's so big, because they don't get along. Sometimes we don't want to talk to people that's not like us. They got to be saved and sanctified in Holy Ghost field. Because I'm not talking to people that's not saved. I'm not. No. God didn't save you for you. And he didn't save you for your saved friend. He saved you so you can be, uh, what? An evangelist to the world. This woman who was rejected now becomes a great evangelist. Her life has changed. Now she recognizes she's somebody. I'm not this broken woman with five husbands and a man. Now I'm a born-again believer. I'm saved. My life has changed. God has forgiven me, and I'm a new person. And watch it. And things have changed. The question is, do you believe that God still can save? Do you believe it, or are you... Are you one of the people that come to church every Sunday because I just want to come thinking that God saved you, man, to come to church? Or did he call you and save you for you to go back to someone that you know is broken that need to hear that he is he? I know a man, his name is Christ. And listen to me, the reason why this, this message is so important is because people are coming to you with all kind of stuff now. All on the internet, everything else. People are trying to divert you away from Christ. Trying to take you down other paths. You're going to get information and knowledge, man, and you guys are so smart now, your computer, your brain is working, and so you're going to start to entertain that stuff. And as you start to entertain, it's going to weaken your faith. As it weakens your faith, well, you're not, you're not going to want to tell anybody about Christ. And what's going to happen? Hear me well. What's going to happen if you don't get grounded in Christ, 
This thing going to take you on a whirlwind, and you're going to pull away from your power source. And when you pull away from the power source, you don't have nothing to help you with the demonic forces, man, that's going to come up against you. Greater is he that is in you. You now, more than ever before in life, really has to be Jesus with skin on it. We see it. I was talking to a lady the other day. I did some senior pictures. And the girl, and I shouldn't have but I did them. Never mind, right? So the girl was telling me, uh, the kids are so bad. She said, Mr. You don't know how bad they are. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, my God. She's just like ranting and raving about how terrible they are, right? And then so I, I called somebody. Oh, yeah, she ain't lying. You know, they, they fighting. They in gangs, and they doing all this kind of stuff. And I sit there, and I, was, I said, wow. I said, can you imagine Satan trying to steal our kids? He's trying to steal our kids. That's a spirit, right? If it's a greatest heat is in me, the heat is in the world. But here's the problem. Some of us are afraid to talk to them. To tell them, man, the importance of reading their Bible. Understand the word. Right? This, this is a different age now. But Satan is grabbing our kids and pulling them away. Guess what? I'm going to let you in on secret. Don't tell nobody. They ain't just pulling the kids. He's getting us to walk away from your power source. And the thing that brought you through, the thing that delivered you, the thing that saved you, people are starting to question. Were people lying to me? And they don't believe. You got to be like the woman. When God used her, she ran and told somebody that God loved you. You are not insignificant. You're not not important. I want you to know you're very, very valuable and God got his eyes on you. You may be in a marriage where you're getting abused. You might be in a relationship where somebody's doing something to you. Kids, things may be bad at home, whatever. Remember this, God still loves you. And Jesus loves you. And, and he wants you to know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm always there for you. Right? And he said, and I died on the cross just for you. And know that I'm sitting at the well waiting on you. While you're getting beat down, ran down, saying you're nothing, you are important. Your boss is telling you nothing. You're about to lose your job. I want you to hear this song, and we're going to close this song. When we give our offering, give according to how God has blessed you, right? Because we're going to end on this song, and I'm going to dismiss, right? If you want prayer, prayer will be at the altar. But I want you to hear this song and listen to the lyrics of it, because this is real. Uh, D'Angelo, would you play the song for me, please? We appreciate you so much. We leave this place with your love and your presence. We go in peace. God bless you. God speed be upon you. We're getting ready to uh, go into a wedding at 1.30. So we're going to ask everybody to, if you want to conversate, we do it out of sanctuary so they can get ready for the normal we have everything. But yeah, if you want to be a member of the church, next Sunday we have new members class uh, on the 22nd, which is next Sunday. So fill out a card. We do serve dinner afterwards, so we have food for you, you and your family. If you want to be baptized, let us know. We want you on the team. Now, if you have not joined the church, there's a lot of benefits to being a member of the church. I know a lot of you all have been coming, but you have not joined. So I would love for you to join. Amen. God bless you. You all may be go. You all may dismiss.